Well, the Super Bowl came and the Super Bowl has gone. I don't think anyone wanted that type of game. One, because most of America wanted Patriots to lose, but also it was kind of boring for most people. But Super Bowl champs, New England Patriots, their sixth time. Tom Brady got done what he needed to do, drove him down for the touchdown, and that won the game. Congratulations. I just have to say I did not feel ready for this podcast, but here we are. Welcome back, guys. We have our final standings for our picks. I have won. I went 5-3 and three for our playoff picks. Roland, Zay, and John, you all tied at 4-4. Four and four. Um, Roland tied up after the Patriots won, so I win. You guys suck. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We next If we make it to the next season, we'll figure out some game or something that the winner gets or the loser has to do or something like that. But, yeah, um, why don't we just talk about our thoughts on Super Bowl 53. You could talk about the halftime show. You could really talk about anything you want. You could talk about how, um, if the refs were good, if... Tom Brady was actually good, if some people shouldn't have been allowed to play. Um, I think Roland should go first as the Patriots fan. Yeah. Um, okay, so I typed out my, my speech for this uh, because I don't want to get... I Like, I could talk about this thing for probably longer than they spent playing it. Um, so, but uh, first off, I just want to say... Uh, like, congrats to the Rams. Um, they had a fantastic season, and they're a young, talented team, and they're going to be capable of continuing uh, success in the years to come. So um, we had a we had a Rams, one of my dad's friends was a Rams fan, and he was over for the Super Bowl. Um, and he was like, see, the difference is, is, is you're at the end of your era, and we're at the beginning of ours. And I was like, I, you know, you might be right. So, um, you know, it's definitely not the end of the road for a 33-year-old head coach. And I don't know how old Jared Goff is. He's probably like 24. Yeah. Um, so they definitely, you know, it's the future's looking bright. I think, Michael, you sent us the uh, that ESPN way too early picks and they already have it uh yeah at number one so and patriots back down at number four yeah so uh, for those of you who haven't seen it espn released their way too early power rankings for 2019 and i think we, we'll touch on this a little more later but the patriots super bowl champions are ranked number four which i uh, i'll just save it for later but I, I that's one of my problems with the uh yeah yep so yeah um, but yeah, so moving on to the actual game, um, I want to say that I know a lot of people were, were pretty disappointed with, with the game that we got. Um, I don't really care about the score or any of that. I thought that like, it was like, we've seen, um, okay. So, so while both, I think both the Patriots and the Rams offense was very lackluster, uh, especially Jared Goff, like not even completing a pass until, I don't even know, late in the second quarter maybe. Um, uh, it was it was definitely, you know, kind of hard to watch the offenses move a little bit. Um, but I think you, you do have to give a lot of credit to both defenses. Um, I think that it's kind of, kind of a one-of-a-kind type of game that we've seen here yesterday was – because um, we've seen the offensive shootouts like we saw last year's Super Bowl. It was just kind of back and forth. There was only one punt in the game. Um, and then we've seen the number one offenses go up against the number one defenses and seen that storyline like with um, the Broncos-Seahawks games uh, and you know just seeing that, that type of dynamic and how those work. Uh, and then you know I thought last night was kind of the first night that we've really seen kind of two really high powered defenses, uh, like a good solid defense on both sides of the ball, um, be able to, to really give a lot of problems to two of, you know, two of the better, better offenses 
that were in the NFL this year. So, um, I, yeah, I, I thought that that, that was really cool, uh, to see the, the amount of impact that both defenses had on the game. Um, and that made it, you know, even though there weren't a whole lot of, you know, offensive plays that were, that are going to be memorable. Um, I thought that, that the defenses performing, uh, certainly were, um, yeah, as a fan, there were definitely moments where, you know, I was stressed not seeing, you know, Tom Brady do his thing. Uh, he like did what he had to do to when he needed to do it, but, you know, kind of in between it was like, okay, like, you know, here we go. Um, but it was, it was still cool, you know, still won the game. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I uh, I think if first off, I thought I liked the game because like I got tired of all of the offense scoring fifty points, no defense games, all that. So to see a defensive battle, I really liked it. I think if the Rams, if you told the Rams earlier this week you're going to hold the Patriots to thirteen points, they'd be very happy with that. They'd be thrilled because. Um, you know, holding the Patriots 13 points, you think with that Rams offense, you'd be able to score more than three points and, you know, probably win the game. So I think the biggest kudos should go to Brian Flores, because he's like calling the defenses, he's scheming all that up. So if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I'm very happy, you know, to see that, to see New England Patriots defense shut them down. Um, I think the play of the game was um, Gronk's catch. I think that was it. And and then obviously the Gilmore interception, but I think that Gronk catch really, you know, I called it. I was like, he. I saw the catch. They're on a two-yard line. I go to my roommate and I go, they're going to score right here and that's going to win the game. That's what happened. So congrats to the Patriots. Congrats to Tom Brady for having the most Super Bowl wins. And Zay and John, I know you guys, we were texting today, you guys were a little heated on some things. So I feel like we should jump into those unless you have um, just some little thoughts about the game. I don't want us to like repeat over each other the same things, but let us know what what got you so heated. Uh, okay, just just a couple things. Uh, the the biggest thing takeaway I had was uh, we saw history in the making as the Rams punter set the record for the longest punt in that game. Uh, I thought that was the biggest takeaway from that game. Um, I, I, disagree okay. with the, I disagree with both of you. Um, I hated the game. Uh, and maybe that's just because I haven't been able to watch two TV for the last two weeks. I was hoping for an exciting game. Um, but I thought uh, I was very disappointed in Jared Goff, but I think the most, I think going back to what I said last week about the biggest takeaway I have about the Patriots is it's more so about Belichick being a better coach than Tom Brady being like a better quarterback. And I think you saw that exactly last night. Um, I think Sean McVay said in, in his post game interview, like, I got out coached. And it's as simple as that. Um, Belichick. He schemed that thing, that whole game, to a T. Like, he did so well. Um, so, he, I think that's the storyline. He, Belichick out, coached uh, McVay. Um, and, I mean, it makes sense. McVay is a young guy, and Belichick's been around for so long. So, I'm not surprised one bit that that happened. Uh, I am surprised that the Rams were held to three points, given without, with, uh, how well of an offensive mind McVeigh is. Um, so I think that you have to give almost not all of it, but you have to give a lot of the credit to Belichick and, like Michael said, Brian Flores. So I don't think this so much is, has to do with the players, but I think more so with the coaching stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I thought personally that you could really see some of Brady's age come out because yeah. he made – or he missed a few throws that he'd normally make, like the interception. Um, yeah. I thought that was just a bad ball. 
Like he didn't have enough. There was also the one that was just a little bit too short, and he just dropped, and the receiver just dropped it. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're starting to see his age finally catch up to him, especially with his arm. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he does next year. Um, last thing though, uh, for me at least, when uh, the whole MVP thing uh, gets me annoyed. Um, I think it should have been either a defensive player or Sony Michelle. Um, the Patriots running game, uh, I think, was the whole difference in the game. It wasn't the Patriots passing game. If you look at Tom Brady's stats to Jared Goff's stat- stats, they're not that different. So um, both had one interception. They both had 200-some yards. I just They're not that different. The difference in the game was the Patriots could have gone the ball and the Rams couldn't. So I think Sony Michelle, the offensive line, I don't know if you can do that, but Sony Michelle, I think, to me, should have gotten the MVP and not Julian Edelman. Yeah, I don't, I don't, dis- when I was watching the game, that's who I thought should have gotten it was Sony Michelle. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, someone on the defense would have made sense um, because of just how how much pressure they were able to put on Jared Goff. Like, he looked so uncomfortable that yeah. first half. Um, and it wasn't really until Patrick Chung got injured that you really saw the Rams' offense start to, you know, put it together in any drives. They went across the, the 50-yard line once. Yeah, I really, thought with three the, points. I really thought the Rams would take more advantage of the Patrick Chung injury. Yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, Zay, that just speaks to how well coached and schemed the Patriots were for this game. Yeah, and the dropped catch from on the Rams' end, he should have had that, and that was... Are you I, talking about the touchdown, John? The uh, touchdown that should have been, but wasn't. Yeah, so Jared Goff was so late on that throw. Yep. So that that's on him. But yeah, you're right, the Rams... Uh, yeah. So Brandon Cooks, right? Yep. yep. So Brandon yeah. Cooks. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was a that was a good game for me. The MVP. So I, I think you guys hinted at this when we were texting, but I had no problem with Julian Edelman winning it or playing in the game, cause so he was suspended at the beginning of the year, and this is coming from me. Like I don't like the Patriots. I'd be happy to see them lose and Julian Edelman not play, but he served his four-game suspension and then, you know, like, he did the time. So I, I don't really agree with some of that sentiment. If I were to have picked a MVP, I would have gone either Stefan Gilmore or, but probably Dante Hightower. I just thought he was constantly in the backfield in Goff's face and blowing up plays, so. Yeah. Yeah. Dante Hightower gets my MVP pick. Yeah. He's everywhere. He was. Um, do you guys want to talk about the Julian Edelman suspension thing, or are you guys good on that? I was going to say, I think he started talking about it. Oof. I, so, just quickly, John, you can go, because I know, I think you're more heated about this than me. Um, I Basically, I agree with what Michael said. I think he definitely should have been suspended. He did his time. I don't know if you suspend him for the whole season. Nobody ever get suspended for the whole season. Um, On their first offense. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. I just, I, I mean, I, yeah, he should not have been suspended for the Super Bowl. He should have played in it. He did his time. Um, hopefully he learned his lesson. I just, yeah, I just, he definitely should have been suspended. I just, I don't think he should have been not allowed to play in the Super Bowl. Okay. Give us your I, take, John. It is three. There you go, John. Take one. it. <laughs> Make a stand right now. I am taking my stand. Coming from a big running background, if you're caught with PEDs, I think you should be done. Your career is over. Oof. That is cracking the whip, huh? Even that after first offense? First offense. Okay. That's it. So that's the, only, that's the only way to discourage the use of performance-enhancing drugs. And I think yeah. it also comes down on the NFL just not even caring about performance-enhancing drugs because it just creates better sports. 
and better sports, better marketing. It gives shorter guys higher, you know, shorter guys more height, lighter guys more weight and can keep up with other people. And I just think that also ruins the some integrity of the game, reduces coaching tactics and quality, and for the integrity of the of football, for the integrity of sports in general, if you're caught with a performance-enhancing drug in your system, you are out of that sport for life. So, John, I hear you on there, I, and I definitely agree with you, especially, you know, respecting the integrity of the game. I will say, and I, this is part of me playing devil's advocate, but some players genuinely do not know something in what they're taking is a qualifies as a PED. Like, I know Roland was saying it was for his injury. There might be some ingredient in whatever he's taking that he just doesn't know is on that list. But somebody in the Patriots camp, and everything's medically controlled by the Patriots, somebody's got to know. So the other thing... I'll switch the devil to my side. (laughs) Um, I think... Well, it was his, it's whoever, like, the trainer is, like, whoever his doctor is, basically, that's prescribing him the those drugs. Um, but I think one of the things that's important to note is, like, the context of it. It's not like he was using it in the season to try and get an edge over the opponents. He was using it to come back from an ACL tear, and we saw the same um, suspension happen for Adrian Peterson when he got his injury. So... I think that it's just it's probably just something that's in one of the medications that they're taking or something like that, and for some reason, like the NFL hasn't wisened up or, like I I mean it could definitely be like this like, like shady like stuff that's going on like they know that it's in that they're taking performance enhancing drugs and all that, um, but I think you know especially given that context like it's not like. And it's not like it was in his system at all this season. Um, when you said he like he failed a PED test, and you're like talking about this today because this was like such old news. I was like, what? Like last night? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I like I like had to Google it real quick, and I was like, oh, he's talking about last season. Um, but so I think that that's like it's just like the context um, that it was in. As I don't think that it like it was clear he was just using it or he was trying to get you know, recovered from his injury. I don't think that he was trying to get, like, an edge over the competition. I I think that that's something that should be taken into account. I understand where you're coming from. Maybe not first offense. Yeah, I'm with you, Roland. I think on the first offense, uh, I, I think it's okay, you know, serve your suspension. Obviously, with repeated use and, and stuff like that, they do suspend you indefinitely, like, Josh Gordon, I know it's not PEDs, but he is uh, suspended indefinitely. And I think Le'Veon Bell, if he were to get caught with a PED or smoking weed again, um, I think he would also receive a a, lo- a year-long suspension, I think. So, like, yeah. for each offense, John, the suspension gets longer and longer. Yeah, I still I still stand that... Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm fine with that. I, I'm, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, because... At the 2016 Rio Olympics, American sprinter Justin Gatlin, who was banned for two years after his offense, his name was jeered every single time that he was announced, and then every Russian in Pyeongchang was booed, Uh and they were removed from eligibility to compete, and the only reason Julian Edelman was booed was because he played for the Patriots, and sure, he wants to recover from his ACL faster. And ACL is a, an incredible injury where most athletes aren't the same ever again. And so let it be, like, on his own natural ability, he should be able to overcome that if he's as great of an athlete as we are all led to believe. Yeah. yeah. However, oh, I think that the medication can still be, medication and rehab can be done without PEDs. For sure. Zay, do you have anything to add? Um, I mean, I just, I agree. I think after first offense, if they do it a second time, I think you seriously have to consider, like, even if it's, I think, a longer than a year is probably what I would do. Maybe even for life. Um, I just, don't you, wouldn't, shouldn't the doctors tell you there's PEDs in this medication? Why wouldn't they tell you that? 
I don't think it's not a matter of them tying them. I feel like every year, like, maybe some new substances are added or something like that. And okay. they might not just, like, keep up to date on stuff. That could just be me being completely wrong. Yeah. But that's what I would think. I'd, I mean, I highly doubt a Patriot doctor would give a Patriot player a substance that's, you know, illegal. Or would you just pay knowing, by the Doing so knowingly. That, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So, um, all in all, I think some of us liked the game, some of us didn't like the game, but... Um, I don't think there were any big calls missed. Oh, um, I, I have. Yeah, go I ahead, two, John. I have two. Which ones? Which ones? Where Goff was just tackled after the, the sideline. That was crazy. I understand he was still inbound, so it's a little bit of a gray area. But this one should have been called Tom Brady kissing Robert Kraft. Oh, gosh. Go. So that yeah. was weird. All right, yes, that is weird. We know Tom Brady is a weird dude. About the the play you were actually the actual play, I thought it was a legal hit. Agreed. I will say because we talked about this last night. If it was Tom Brady, it would have been a flag. Yes. With that being said, I'm okay with the no call. Same. The only play I was just like, that's a stupid flag. Was it was like the first quarter. It was like a screen to Rex Burkhead and I think Roby Coleman who, you know, wasn't called for a flag two weeks yes. ago, hit had a big hit on Burkhead, and it was called Unnecessary oh, Roughness. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't too happy that was a flag. To me, that was just a, a football tackle. Yeah. Um, yeah, that guy got shoved, and, like, into the ground. Yes. Uh, so I, I didn't agree with that call, but, eh, what are you going to... Like, that's the rule. I don't like what? it. That's that, so great. What time does he need to become a runner? You need you know? to... I, yeah, that's a big gray area. It's like, when are you a receiver? Obviously, it's like two steps or a football move. Um, you know, the but one, growing up, one, I that was a clean play. Obviously, yeah. rules have changed, so, you know... Man, you played in the streets. Yeah, th that's right. I played in the... <laughs> no. So, you um, in Gridiron Heights. Yeah. Do you guys have any, you know, last things, things you wanted to say before we move on from the game? Commercials? Uh, no bueno. Okay. Uh oh. All right. Well, my last thing was the, uh, the, the one call, or the no call, uh, I believe, I forget which cornerback it was for the Patriots, but Goff threw like a, an over-the-shoulder pass to, I don't know if it was Cooks or, um, someone else, but... He had, like, his hand on top of Cooks' hand before the ball even got there. And I just, I thought he kind of held his arm back to prevent him from catching it. I thought there should have been a call there, and there was nothing there. But other than that, in the, the golf play that Michael mentioned, um, that would have been caught on Tom Brady, I thought for the most part they were fine. So, Zay, do you think that call, what possible call or missed call was, like, would you say it was, like, egregious? Or would you say, like, you could have thrown a flag there? Because I feel like unless it was, like, right there and the ref had a really good angle, especially in the Super Bowl, they're not going to call something like well, that. Well, see, I think that was one of those plays where if they didn't have, like, if they couldn't see it, Oh. Then they, there was no possible way of calling it. Right. But if someone okay. was, if someone saw it, they would have thrown a flag. Gotcha. Like when yeah. did you notice it live, or was it on the replay? It was on the replay. So yeah, I think stuff like that. It's especially hard to, you know, call. But they they're on the field, and there's what six of them, so they all had different angles. So yeah. I don't know. It's questionable. That's why I don't want you know PI to be reviewable because. You get yeah. something like that, someone throws a flag, or the challenge flag, and you can review it, and something that wasn't a call after, obviously you'll see a flag on instant replay, so that, um, I don't know, I think it was just too, too iffy on that one. Yeah. So. I do, I, I thought that, I honestly thought one of you was, was going to mention that. That was like when they were, you know, kind of like right around the 50-yard line, 
uh, kind of late in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that was, like, a clear, like, momentum shift. Yeah, it like, was. That, that, like, put them out of field goal range or the chance of getting into field goal range and all that. And, like, I was surprised that they didn't call that, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was, I was surprised. I honestly thought one of you was going to say something last night about it. And <laughs> I wouldn't have disagreed with you because I was like, that was a dangerous one there. Yeah. But The last yeah. thing I will say is that I think the Rams really abandoned the run too early. Yeah. Especially in the second half, it was... 3-3 or 3-0. New half, new game. Why not? You have Todd Gurley who looked good when he had the ball and CJ Anderson's a big man. I just thought if they had run the ball a little more, then, you know, maybe you get some more first downs, you get your defense some more rest, you can play some more play action. So that that's all I had. Other than that, congrats to the Patriots again. And so... Uh, Too early to give up on Todd Gurley. Yeah. I ain't a rapper. All right. So, one we mentioned it earlier, ESPN's top 10 power rankings for 2019, obviously a day after the Super Bowl. This is their rating in order, and then I'm going to go through my issues. One Rams, two Chiefs, three Saints, four Patriots, five Chargers, six Bears, seven Colts, eight Seahawks, nine Texans, ten Ravens. First of all, I think it's stupid because it's so early, you don't know... Is anyone going to get injured in OTAs? Is What's the free agency going to be like? Like, the Rams are going to have Sue and Peters and maybe Tlaib are all on one-year deals. Are they all going to be re-signed? Who's going to draft who? Two, why are the Patriots not number one? I can understand people saying, oh, they're too old and whatever. Like, didn't you just learn this year you can't count them out? Plus, give them the respect. They just won the Super Bowl. They should be number one. And then the... The biggest thing was the Ravens should not be number 10. They were arguably the worst playoff team this past year. So, I mean, how good will Lamar Jackson be? And who knows? We'll see. What do you guys think about it? Whatever team Antonio Brown is kicking for is going to be not on this list. Uh, so, I understand... Um, so what I would do is have Chiefs number one, Patriots number two. Uh, just because that Chiefs-Patriots game, it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go Chiefs-Patriots. I would put the Saints before the Rams. So Saints three, Rams four. And then Chargers five, I think that's ridiculous. Um, they are not going to have the same season they had last year. Uh, and then... The only issue I have is the Steelers not even being on the list, um, even if it was 10. I mean, I don't know if they're assuming Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are gone, but they're still on, they're both still on the team right now. You never know what could happen, so why would I don't know why wouldn't you put them as in, in the top 10 at least? Yeah. So I, I really know, would that's... have liked to know the their criteria or. At yeah. least an explanation for why each team was ranked as it was. Mm-hmm. Roland, John, what do you got for us on this? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not taking it very seriously. Obviously, they don't really either because it's their way too early power <laughs> rankings. Um, yeah, again, I, I don't see how you could put the Patriots in fourth. Like, even if you didn't have them in first after winning the Super Bowl, like, I, it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't really care because everybody knows what happens when you put Tom Brady in a in a um, underdog type of, you know, mindset. Right. Uh, so, you know, put them 32nd for all I care. Um, <laughs> you know, it, and we'll see him run the league again next year with that chip on his shoulder or something. So... Um, but yeah, um, I definitely have, I, again, also have the Saints above the Rams, um, and then, so I, I would probably go, like, Saints and Patriots, probably one and two, uh, and Kansas City a close third, uh, and then Los Angeles fourth, 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to go through the rest of them because it, it's literally just the playoff teams. But, um, yeah, also Baltimore shouldn't be on there. Um, Indianapolis maybe a little bit higher. but Yeah, John, uh, any thoughts on that? Honestly, I don't know enough. Fair. I wait too early prediction for next season. Let's see. Out of these ten teams, Houston Texans win the Super Bowl. Bold. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. John's going Texans Super Bowl. Subject to change in every position. (laughs) All right. Um, Before we leave the NFL for our next topic, I want quick thoughts on halftime show, and I want a favorite commercial. John, I want to hear yours first. Michael Bublé's bubbly one. That was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> what about the halftime show? The halftime show, Big Boy, whoever he is, he was great. Adam Levine, you let me down with no SpongeBob, and why'd you take your shirt off? All right. Thank God he had his chains on, but he did inspire my autobiography title, Shirt Off, Chain On, nice. Life Story of John O'Connor. You're not even wearing a chain, so... <laughs> my shirt's on, so why do I... Yeah, I you're right, you're right. All right, uh, Zay. What do you what do you think about halftime show commercials? Uh, so I didn't exactly watch the halftime show. Okay. Uh, just because my sister, I was getting news about my sister having a baby. Um, so I didn't I didn't exactly care to watch it either. So I chose not to. Um, but favorite commercial was, uh, I don't know if you guys the Goodell one, the football one. With uh, the 100, Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100 that years, that was great. I that was a really good. good one, too, yeah. Roland, your takes? Yeah. Um, I guess for commercial, I well, mine was probably the 100, the 100 one as well, um, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but I guess other than that, the Bud Light ones. Yeah, with the, pretty funny. with the Game of Thrones one, or... Just a well, let's just one. say all the Bud Light ones, because the Game of Thrones one was sick. Uh, it got me really hyped. Yeah, Game of Thrones, and it was unexpected uh, too. Are you gonna yeah. take a Bud Light while watching Game of Thrones, though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably a nice mead. Yeah. Um, no. So, um, and then for the halftime show, it was okay. Um, it's probably one of the one of the better halftime shows that they've had recently. Um, my favorite one is still the Who. Yeah, that's um, halftime show. Uh, so I don't know. It was okay. It was okay. So I never have expectations for the halftime show just because it's. I think it's kind of dumb. My favorite, just because you brought it up, was when Paul McCartney did it. Um, but for this one, I was disappointed because I wanted more SpongeBob. So I didn't even know that that petition actually went out. Like I, I saw like a joke about it. Yeah, I, I thought it was a there joke. It was actually like a petition that people had signed, and then they said like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have SpongeBob." So it wasn't until Juliet was like, like angry texting about how they did how they did us dirty with the SpongeBob. Yeah, it so, was it was real, and I expected. Sweet victory, and all I got was five seconds of Spongebob to lead into sicko mode. So I was disappointed at that. Um, For my commercials, there's, like, certain categories. One, like, the Marvel's Endgame and the Game of Thrones one just got me super hyped for those two, respectively. And then, like, my favorite joke one was... um, I, I don't think I don't know like the Pepsi ones with Steve Carell were pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then but like on a more serious note, some of the best commercials in my opinion were like the Anthony Lynn one about the first responders and then oh, the that Google was That was so good. Wasn't yeah. the Microsoft disability controller? Wasn't yep, that, that one was good. And then the um the Google about finding jobs for veterans. I yes, just thought that I was like really that cool. Yeah. yeah, the John Krasinski voiceover one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm changing it. That was my favorite one. Yeah, I, I really liked that one. So, yeah. NFL season's over. We have about a month until free agency starts. Um, so we'll That's get some, we get signed. We'll get some tidbits throughout the pods. But 
Yeah, uh, Roland, lead us into uh, our next topic. Um, yeah, so uh, now that the NFL's over, uh, football doesn't have to end. Uh, I feel like I'm advertising for them. Um, but the, there's the inaugural season for this thing called the AAF, otherwise known as the Alliance of American Football. Um, it plays its first games uh, this weekend. Um, there's eight teams. Uh, they're all kind of in the south, but like throughout the country, um, the highest north one is Salt Lake. Um, so that's how they're able to play like in such, you know, in like the winter months uh, and stuff. So, um, but it's, I don't know, it's pretty interesting to see like, obviously we've had like these kind of like big league football or big football leagues that aren't as popular as the NFL um, and like haven't had success uh, with it. Um, But like the XFL, which is getting a reboot, um, arena football, stuff like that. Um, so this one's, uh, but it's interesting because it's, first off, it's premiering on the NFL Network. Um, like one of, one of that's one of their broadcasters is with the NFL Network, uh, as well as like CBS and all, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through them all. Um, but... The uh, it's run by uh, like a lot of the the high office executives, um, Heinz Ward, Troy Polamalu, um, the Atlanta team, Atlanta Legends. The offensive coordinator for that team is Michael Vick. Uh, they have a bunch of like former that's cool NF- NFL coaches. Um, not not necessarily big name NFL coaches like you won't see Bill Belichick or anyone like that coaching in the AAF anytime soon um but one of the ones of note was the head coach uh well the offensive coordinator and the head coach of later on the head coach of the of the St. Louis Rams um back during the greatest show on turf era so he was responsible for that really high-powered offense um is going to be coaching the San Diego fleet, um, which is interesting. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a cool, it could be a cool thing. Cause it doesn't run. Um, it runs for like 13 weeks or 12 weeks or something like that. Starting the week after the super bowl and going into April. Um, so it gives these younger players in the NFL, a chance to continue working in the off season. Um, it also gives um, kind of like those like lesser known players kind of out of college uh, that may not be, you know, entering the draft or might not be making like a big impact on an NFL team um, right out of the draft or anything like that. Uh, it could give them a, a chance to really grow and develop um and then be prepared come training camp or, um, you know, come the NFL season. Um, and because it doesn't compete directly in timeline with the NFL, the seasons don't compete. Um, you know, like someone like Johnny Manziel could have gone to that um, right. and, like, been on one of those teams versus playing in Canadian football and – you know, he's not able to be picked up by an NFL team, really. Um, and the way that they... So I don't want to go too much into detail with it, but the way that they kind of... Because it's really complicated. It's not that complicated, but explaining it's a little complicated. The way that they... Each team is able to pick players and sign players is if the player is in the NFL... Um, there's four NFL teams for every AAF team, um, and it's kind of based on region. So San Diego Fleet would have, like, the 49ers, maybe the Cardinals. Um, I don't want to be specific. Um, I'm just trying to give, like, an example. And then, like, the Chargers and the Rams uh, would be kind of those feeder organizations, um, 
that they can sign players from. Um, now, if they're not in an NFL team, then and they're they went to a college in an area, whatever college they went to, that kind of region is going to be where they can be selected from. So if someone went to Alabama, um, they can go to, I think there's a Birmingham Iron team, is, is somewhere that they could end up going to, uh, can be drafted from there or signed from. Um, so I think it's interesting. I'm a little interested to see how well it work like what the dynamic is because we all know that the sec is a big powerhouse um in college football you know sending two teams to the national championship this year yeah um so uh i think i think that it's it's kind of interesting to see like you know certain teams have access or Like, a certain team could have... I don't think there is one that has access to both Georgia and... Actually, I don't think there is because there's an Atlanta team. But, um, you know, it is interesting to see, like, how that's going to work out because, like, the pac is a little bit lesser than, like, an SEC team. So, uh, but then you have to think about it's not going to be... It's not these, you know, first-round draft picks that are coming into the NFL right away, it's going to be kind of like lower on the list players. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing, um, to see. I'm certainly going to check it out. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you nailed it right on the head. It'll be interesting to see if they can develop some sort of developmental league for, you know, people who maybe weren't good enough for an NFL team. But you sent us that post, and there were some people I recognized. Like, Aaron Murray was a quarterback at Georgia before um, Jake Fromm, and he was very good at Florida or at Georgia. He almost beat Alabama to win the SEC championship. Matt Asiata, I think, was playing in the NFL for a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I think the NFL is lacking some sort of developmental league. Um so it'll be cool to see. I might throw a game on if you know I have nothing else to do that night, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of where where this has potential. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's really trying to compete with the NFL. Um, sort of like like other t- other leagues are, like the XFL. You know, I mean, Vince McMahon's kind of insane, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. But. I, I think that that's, that's where the, this league has potential, is to kind of turn into a developmental league for the NFL, um, where teams can send their players to to get better. Um, because I think, that is, yeah. I, know, I, don't, I just wish, and John and Zay, maybe you guys chime in, chime in too, but I kind of wish they would, well, not the NFL, but like there was more promotion for like, MLS or like I like watching track and field when it's on TV so I wish there was just more promotion on that but I get it like not everyone likes to watch people run races or play soccer and NFL is obviously the king in the U.S. but I I would rather have that than another NFL league where especially during that time frame there's like pre-draft and pro days and all that stuff to fill the football void I guess yeah I agree I, the way I see it going is the way of LeVar Ball's JBA. Or I hope if it's sponsored by the NFL and has some kind of incorporation, an uh, interesting aspect could be a promotion relegation system where the lowest two teams are exchanged with the highest two teams of the <laughs> AAF. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm saying, hey, we're just spitballing here. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be nuts. I So, <laughs> I, I'm interested to see how the... Browns the, would never come back to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. I just, I'm interested to see how, if, like, the NFL and the AAF, like, work together on something. Like, making that a, like you guys said, like a developmental league. Um, but 
Yeah, I would. I'd be interested to watch some of those games. I just with you know hockey and M- NBA starting to wind down. It's tough to find time and be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch this AAF game. You know, like that. That's not gonna happen. So, like Michael said, if there's nothing else on TV, I'll watch it. But, um, but I would. I think that'd be a good spot for Manziel rather than the Canadian League. Like, I think that's probably closer to the. Uh, NFL than the Canadian League, so you might as well try and get to that. Yeah. So some other names that I forgot to mention: um, Charlie Ebersole. He was a. Uh, hold on, I just lost it. Who was he? He's um. Oh, he he's an executive producer, um, of the uh, USA Network. Um, but so, Bill Polian, who's a former GM. Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, Troy Palomalu is a uh, is an executive. Um, Chris, or Heinz Ward is a is an advisor. Uh, Justin Tuck hmm. is, is an advisor as well. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Ebersole. Yeah, Ebersole's father uh, was a retired NBC Sports executive, and he was the like co-founder of the original XFL. Um, so it, it'll be interesting uh, to see. I I definitely agree with what you said. It's not going to be my first. Probably not going to be my first choice of of sports to watch with playoff basketball and hockey and stuff coming up. Uh, but it's a short season, so check it out. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see for sure. Um, so yeah, our podcast is a little short today, not as much content. Um, as usual, we're going to end it with our favorite sports moment of the week. Does anyone have one they are very passionate about? You know, Liverpool tied today in the English Premier League. That means the race to win is three points behind second, which is just one game, and then five points in front of third. And there's only two points between second and third place. So there is a very small cushion, a very small margin of error. There are big, big games coming up in the next couple of months. I'm excited for the race, the race to win the Premier League. So that's one. Thank you to Lindsay Vaughn for her service to skiing. She retired. So I plug her. The torch yes. now passes completely to Michaela Schifrin for USA yep. Skiing. Yep. Shout out, Michaela Schifrin. <laughs> Zay or Roland, you got, what do you got for us? Uh, so mine is... I don't know. I think I done, did this one last week, but uh, the U.S. men's national team is two and zero under the new manager. Um, I mean, they weren't like Panama was a. The players they brought in to play weren't that good, but they got the win, and then Costa Rica was a a better win. But I think I watched the game Saturday against Costa Rica, and they. I think I was telling Texan John about this, but they they had a, a pretty weak first half. But what I liked a lot was that they it seemed they made adjustments in the second half, uh, and I think that's so important as a coach. I don't think uh, many managers in the past for U.S. men's national team have done that, and but I think Burkhalter did that, and they came out played well in the second half. Uh, got two late goals to get the win. So um, they started out slow, but it seems that Berhalter makes halftime adjustments, which is good a good sign. Um, so it they're looking promising. So we'll see how they continue throughout the year. Cool. Roland, is it the yeah, Super Bowl um, win? Well, I've got to because that's, I mean, that's got to be a favorite sports moment of the week when your team wins the Super Bowl. So uh, that's definitely one of them. Um, 
Pat's winning their their sixth Super Bowl. Um, Brady's got that needs to get a Thanos glove fitted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but my other one is um, also soccer, but in the Bundesliga, Bayer hey. uh, Leverkusen beat Bayer Munich three one last Saturday or this past Saturday. And that was awesome. I watched the whole thing. It nice. was awesome. So for me, it wasn't like one moment, but like NBA trades going on. Oh, yeah. The Anthony Davis uh, news and the, you know, are the Lakers going to trade for him? Are they going to give up a bunch of their young assets? Where So I don't know if you guys saw it today, but there's one trade proposal where it was like, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, and some and more players and pieces for Anthony Davis, which would leave them with basically no perimeter players, which I think is a terrible trade. Um, the other trade I liked was the Mavs getting Porzingis. Yeah. Um, one, because I, I, I like Luka Doncic a lot, and so I think it'll be fun to see him and Porzingis play. And then if the Knicks get like Kyrie and KD, that'll be fun to watch. And then today... LeVar Ball's back. He says, if Lonzo gets traded to New Orleans, we want him in Phoenix, and he's going to speak it into existence. So I think it's just fun to see all this, you know, movement and potential moves and drama going on in the NBA, picking up right after, you know, the Super Bowl. And so NBA's time to shine. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Gang, gang. Yeah, so. And the NHL. BBB. Yeah, and the yeah. NHL. Quick update. The NHL's hardest season until June. <laughs> Quick update, James Harden's streak is still going on. Wow. He is on a, so. on a tear, for sure. Well, listeners, sorry for the shorter or less content, content-filled podcast, if you felt that way. We'll try to be better next week. I just know, I remember last night after the Super Bowl, I was just like, man, we got to record tomorrow, and I don't know if I have a lot of content. So, we'll be here next week or at some point. Um... With no football, we'll have to find something to talk about and give you our takes on. But thank you again for listening. Keep following us on Twitter. Tweet at us. Yell at us. We don't care. Stay away from PEDs or I will throw you out of this sport forever. <laughs> yep, there it is. Don't do drugs, kids. And as always, thank you to Brooklyn Nine-Nine.